anybody here wants to try my cabin? Just up this way. Anybody here like to buy good cabin? Just hollow hay. There's no sweeter cabbage anywhere in town. You can have it boiled and smothered nice and brown. Anybody here wants to try my cabbage? Just step this way. Yes, I was plunging into a completely new universe. I was never a dancer or an escort. You know, I was just a, I was, I was a good girl. Like, I don't have anything on my record. Um, I'm a very tame individual, you know, I'm not like a crazy millennial or anything, but I just, I was like, hey, this is something that I could do. Like, at first, I was really on the fence about it. You know, like, I had found out about this place through the Cat House series originally. Like, a lot of people have. Like, Dennis did a lot of media, so it's, you know, it's easy for girls in America to be watching this and be like, oh, wow, this is something that I could legitimately do legally. So I was kind of on the fence. I knew that I needed to get out and do something for myself. You're listening to Roxanne Price, who works at the Love Ranch North, which is a legal brothel in Carson, Nevada. The Love Ranch is owned by Dennis Hoff, who made regular appearances on HBO's Cat House, the series, and has also been on CNN, interviewed by Lisa Ling, and even pitted against Bill O'Reilly. Oh, and it's actually Dennis's other Love Ranch location in Crystal, Nevada, where basketball player Lamar Odom was found unconscious. I caught up with Roxanne on Skype to talk about what it's like to work as a sex worker in a legal brothel in Nevada. We also talk about some of her own story and interests and goals. There was so much to talk about that this episode will be over the usual 30 minutes. I hope you'll find it as interesting as I did. You'll also get to hear some rather suggestive music from the 20s and 30s. Things really haven't changed much at all. Anyway, without further ado, let's talk with Roxanne. So, uh, Roxanne, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So, uh, I, I guess we could start out sort of with some of the terms involved. Like, I know that there are many different terms for uh, what you do uh, as a profession, but some of them are more acceptable than others. For instance, um, sex worker and brothel, those are basically like the accepted terms these days, right? Yeah, um... Well, that, those are two of the most used. I mean, like, brothel is a really niche thing in itself. So, I mean, you could be fancy and call it a bordello if you wanted to, or a legal house of prostitution also works. Oh, okay. I see. Well, that, I mean, that makes sense. That's good. Um, brothel sounds cooler, though. Brothel definitely <laughs> sounds cooler. I mean, like, <laughs> it's like if you go on sort of a scale of uh, nasty sounding, I mean, house where that what did you say before house place where this is legal yeah legal house of prostitution or you could refer, refer to it as a cat house cat house is i um, like that that's more like uh, kind of classy and uh felix the cat sounding yeah yeah i mean there's a there's all different kinds of terminology some women are really touchy about like being called prostitutes 
or uh, I mean, you could really be informal about it and say hooker or something like that. But a lot of the girls uh, that work for Dennis specifically or, you know, just in legal prostitution, they uh, like to use the word courtesan, which is interesting. It sounds really fancy, but I think like a like most kind of popular term would be like legal escort. You know, like that's pretty... Some people don't even know what courtesan means. You know what I? You, you know what I'm saying? Courtesan. That's like fancy, like Middle Ages. Uh, sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, sounds very Renaissance fair. Yeah, and also a uh, working girl is probably the most like kind of neutral term that you could use to describe what I am. Sex worker is completely fine, but I don't get hung up. If somebody wants to call me a prostitute, that's fine. Like it, it's a, it's kind of a harsh sounding word. I think that people, you know, might rub them the wrong way, but you know, I do what I do. I am what I am. Not to dwell on the point, but like there's the W word too, which is probably the worst, right? I would assume. (laughs) Yeah, there's a whole lot of uh, fun slang for that. And for me, like, I don't know, I I like to use curse words occasionally, you know, I'm I'm just a millennial. So uh, maybe I do have to watch my mouth sometimes because for me, like I kind of have like a a, a interesting sense of humor, I could say, like kind of a almost harsh in a way. So for me, like words like that really don't bother me at all. I actually think it's kind of funny. However, you know, I'm not going to laugh at somebody's expense. Like, you know, slang like that, it it doesn't bother some girls, but it bothers other girls. So like, yeah, the, the W word, you know, some people are like, oh God, you know, that's terrible. It sounds so bad. And it used to bother me, but now I don't think I mind too much. I mean, but if you're going to show like a working girl respect, obviously you wouldn't call her that. Like that could rub anybody the wrong way. So yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I I, I think I think we're both on the same page there. I mean, and uh, I guess to get more to your story, since we're talking about how you might have felt at first versus how you feel now. I mean, when did you arrive at the Love Ranch? I came here uh, July 2014. Oh, that's not long ago. No, but it's. <laughs> I've only been here a little over two years, and uh, when I came here, I was very young. I was 19. You know, I came from Houston, Texas. It was just a huge culture shock. Um, But two years later, like, you know, I've adapted. I'm actually very comfortable in my work environment. I actually prefer this over, like, a standard job kind of a deal, if that makes sense. I'm, I'm happy. It just took a little while to get used to. So yeah, so what's the I mean, what's the story behind this? I mean, were you going to school or had you left school at the time? Or were you working at the I don't know, the the lows of the Circle K and decided you had enough? What 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 brought you to go to leave your your old place and go to Nevada? That's a really good question. Um pretty much for me, I'm I, my whole life has just been really unorthodox. So I've graduated high school. I was out of school for maybe like two years and I was staying with an ex-boyfriend and my mom like on and off right before I came out here. And so I had actually never had a job before. And that, that sounds like, Oh God, you know, I'm just being a lazy millennial, but I just, I never saw myself getting a standard job. Like I would see my mom and my dad work like paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, I just, it freaked me out. I'm like, I, I could never see myself doing that. And it wasn't like in a pretentious way that I was thinking this. I was just like, you know, I want to do something more. I want to do something not standard. I've actually, this was my first job, which sounds just completely ridiculous. I know it's been interesting. 
<laughs> well, if you ever need to apply anywhere else, you definitely have something interesting to put on your resume. That's for sure. It's like you're you're starting out with the most <laughs> interesting job. It, you know, when when I think about like what you're saying there, um, there's I don't actually think there's anything wrong with that. It, I mean, if you were to talk to some of the more successful people or some business people and such nobody wants boring work and if you can get away with doing something that you actually enjoy or or at the le- at the very least let you set your hours or your you know your or or mm-hmm. have minimal amount of time devotion to that so you can do other things i mean it seems like it's a good thing yeah the freedom is really nice there's a lot of small little perks that Dennis Hoff's girls get so it's it's really nice um, and it's, it's very convenient. Like, you know, I can, uh, let me think of a few things. Like we do have driver service. So those are available for like clients coming in or customers. But like, if I really don't feel like driving myself, that's a easy option. And he does actually have like property for rent to the girls. So if I'm renting from him, I can easily just pay my rent in the office. It's, it's little things like that that are just you know it's all kind of like a closed community and it's there's little perks and it's nice i like it i mean do you live there at the brothel 24 7 or in your like a mini apartment there or or do you do you commute from home um so when i first came out here i came out here with the intention to commit fully some girls they'll come out here for a two-week tour try it out you know they'll fly back home but i had no intentions of flying back to Texas, right? So that was a very specific situation for me. But I lived here for the first year. I'm from pretty much, you know, my 20, 21, you know, when I was around that age, I was living in a brothel for a whole year. That was really interesting experience as well. But now I'm a local, I rent, I go back and forth between work. It's just like a normal job. It really is not terrible at all. Like you have the kitchen, you know, food is supplied and catered once a day. Um, you know, you come out in the morning, everybody greets you, you have your morning coffee. It's, it's actually really nice. It's like living in a big house with a lot of people, except they're all women. <laughs> yeah. So I, I imagine you get to know people. So you have, it's a kind of like, uh, friends all working at the same place, like roommates. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a uh, one big happy family. I know that sounds corny, but we make it work. Like a, even though it's called a cat house, like we're not really that catty. You know, we are all just, we're here, like the business is what brought us here. But, you know, if we can work together as a team, it's going to be that much more enjoyable. So that's kind of the mindset at Dennis's houses. And uh, it seems to work. It seems to work. I've never had a problem with anyone. And um, it's, it's not dramatic like people would think it is. Like the environment at the Love Ranch North is very relaxed. You know, everybody's pretty candid with each other, which I enjoy. Do you guys have a cleaning lady? How does that work? Oh, yeah, I I forgot to mention that. Uh, We do have laundry, or I mean, not laundry. We have maid staff, pretty much. They'll do our laundry um, for a couple bucks, you know, like, they'll fold it and everything. They clean the girls' rooms, you know, they, like, we have the whole house kept tidy on a daily basis by our maid staff. My man thought he was raised in sand. I said, give it to me, baby, you don't understand where to put that thing. Just 
been kind of comfortable with nudity and sexuality or was this like another new experience for you because i i had another person that i interviewed on the show and uh she did like nude photography and stuff and then she said that she never really got used to being outside naked with these these shoots you know i was slightly promiscuous in high school i like i liked the male attention but i wasn't too bad like you know i've always been healthy and myself in that regard pretty well so i i did have some sexual experience and you know i've always been confident in myself that you know i'm an attractive individual so i feel like um you know it wasn't it wasn't that difficult for me to jump into but like some like one of my first days on the floor, I walked out in like this Victoria's Secret lingerie and yeah, I felt a little bit exposed, but also at the same time I was excited, like, you know, we're lingerie on the job, right? Like that just sounds ridiculous. Who does that? <laughs> but, so that, so that was amusing for me. Um, but yeah, nobody wants to feel exposed. I think that's like an instinctive thing. Like, you know, like our skin is sensitive and other mm-hmm. parts are as well. So it's natural to feel that way. However, I have, it took some getting used to, but it wasn't something that I was stressing out about. Mm-hmm. Like now I don't even, I don't even like wear lingerie on the floor anymore. It doesn't really work for me. I just wear like cute little mini dresses. So it's not like I have to expose myself constantly, but when it's behind closed doors, it's a lot more comfortable. Like I'm very good with the one-on-one in private. I'm very comfortable in that regard. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's good for, for where you're at. Um, when you left Texas, is that world completely out of the picture now? Or do you still have friends back in Texas from high school and et cetera, family? Or do they, do they know what you do at the, uh, at the Love Ranch? Yeah, well, everybody found out. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, the way that I handled it was probably not the best. But, you know, I'm 19, leaving. I don't want to disappoint anybody or... Or make them feel weird because of because like what I'm doing right now, I don't think a lot of people in Texas like view that as socially acceptable. Here in the West, people are a lot more open to it. Mm-hmm. But you know, in a conservative red state, it's it's a definitely you know unheard of kind of a deal. So I chose to kind of like sacrifice that part of my life so I could start a new life. I wasn't really happy with my old life. If that makes any sense, like. You know, the people that raised me will always be dear to me in that regard. But for the most part, I chose just like to not communicate myself on that because Mm -hmm. it's it's really awkward. You know what I mean? Like how, you know, I I could only imagine. (laughs) I do keep (laughs) in touch with some friends from high school. You know, I talk to my mom occasionally, Mm -hmm. but it's just, you know, I made the decision to kind of sacrifice that part of my life to rebuild a new one. And it was kind of a goal of mine ever since I was 16 to like leave, you know, my town because there's nothing going on in there for me. There was no opportunity for me. You're, you're talking about like small town Texas here. Yeah, like everybody just hangs out at the shopping mall and that's the most exciting thing going <laughs> on there, right? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm sure I could have found opportunity. Uh, it's just not like, like, I, yeah, I'm always going to cherish those memories that I have with those people. But 
Like, I guess I have a weird viewpoint on, you know, you don't get to choose the people that you're born into, but you can go and make a life for yourself and surround yourself with individuals who have your same ideologies and things like that. I don't really, I'm not really a Republican. I'm actually very uh, neutral on the political scale, but I just, I wasn't identifying, you know, with the religious, um, hardcore Republican ideologies, if that makes any sense. So it, it's not something that I really miss, you know, yeah. but I'll think about it occasionally. I'll, I'll reminisce, but. You know. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's pretty cool. I mean, because you're going out and you're being your own person. I, I really have a lot of respect for that because in my own personal life, it took me a long time to leave the family and become my own person without worrying about, you know, what mom and dad see on my Facebook, et cetera, et cetera, right? Yeah, I, I like the freedom. I do like the freedom that I have. Um, I, you know what, I'm not like the most sexual person too. That's the funny part. Like I don't, <laughs> I never saw myself becoming a prostitute. Like that just completely blew everybody out of the water. I'm sure. But I don't know, like the absurdity factor, like there's so many interesting things that happen in brothels every day. So I just, I like knowing that I don't have a standard job. And I mean, it was definitely hard to get myself out on my own. Like my first few weeks, I was so homesick and sad and I was just a little baby. I didn't know anything. Right. But yeah. Everybody is nurturing. I mean, just I am fortunate enough to have found a situation where I can be myself in. I mean, that's it's not normal for people to just have access to that kind of thing. But so I I took a chance and it ended up working out very well for me. And uh, so I am very fortunate in that regard. I'm very lucky to be here. Did you back in you were you in school? I mean, were you like uh, always a little uh, quirky or odd? Were you sort of like a nerdy person back then, or how does that work? Um, so I, I haven't done any like college, like for schooling for me was not easy. Like, I don't, I barely graduated. I actually graduated like a year late. Mm -hmm. So, um, I am not one for the format of schooling in general. So I was kind of like one of those stoner hippie kids. Didn't really give a shit or anything like, sorry, I didn't mean to I'm oh, saying go, go, go ahead. It's the We're the being candid. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The podcast is is like it's got the explicit flag on it, so you can go crazy. That's right. That's right. You did mention that. Okay, my bad. Um, so yeah, somehow I <laughs> I got through high school, but I wasn't I wasn't really interested in furthering my education in that aspect. And I know a lot of people like education is very valuable. I love to learn, but the way that I see it is, I was fortunate enough to come out here. And um, put myself through my own kind of schooling. Like, I do pay room and board every day to be here. So the way that my perspective is, yeah, I'm pretty much paying my tuition for a really specific set of life skills that I have developed very well here. So that's interesting. But I, I, I've always been a little bit quirky. Yes, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've always, like, I grew up around video games. So I, I love that kind of stuff. And so I'm a little bit nerdy. But I was also, uh, you know, I was attractive and young in the high school and I think I had good game you know and, and socializing with people that aspect you know I would go to a lot of parties and things like that but um you know so I was a little bit popular I wasn't really focusing on schooling too much but uh I'm, I'm glad that I grew up out of that phase if that makes any sense right right one pet I like to pet and every evening we get set I stroke it every chance I get it's my girl's pussy 
Seldom plays and never purrs. And I love the thoughts it stirs, but I don't mind because it's hers. My girl's pussy. Often it goes out at night, returns at break of dawn. No matter what the weather's like, it's always nice and warm. It's never dirty, always clean, in giving thrills, never mean. But it's the best I've ever seen, is my girl's pussy. How do, how do relationships work for, for the, the girls there? I mean, like, are, are, do many of you guys have boyfriends or girlfriends? Or, or are you guys just mainly kind of focused on the, uh, I guess, your career at, at the moment? Well, yeah, a lot of girls are actually married or they have um, boyfriends or girlfriends, like you mentioned. But for me, like, I'm, I'm a little bit unorthodox, like I mentioned beforehand. So I'm very neutral on the, oh, do I want to be in a relationship stage? I've been single for, what, about like three years now? And I really like that freedom. I have like a lot of friends you know, that I work with and my, my social life is very healthy regardless. But yeah, I have my cat at home. And that's what works for me. <laughs> I, I saw on the website, I think you had like in calls versus out calls. I, do you have like specific fantasies that are very common that you fulfill? I mean, do you do any BDSM type stuff? Like what, what, what's, what kind of stuff goes on? Anything goes pretty much as long as it is consensual and there is safe sex involved. Um, so yeah, in calls and out calls are available. Usually, like, a lot more of the parties, I would say, are inside, you know, but there are also a lot of outdates. That's what we call them. So it could be, like, out, out calls or out, outdates. The outdates are going to be definitely the more, like, of, on the higher end of things. So that's what we prefer, obviously. And, and we get to go out and do nice things, like go out to dinner. The Reno, Tahoe, Vegas area is really good for date ideas, if that makes any sense. Um, but we don't go anywhere on an out call if it's out of the Nevada state boundaries. So it's legal as long as you book it in a northern Nevada place, you can jet set your little heart away. Just don't leave the state because that's when it starts being a little bit sketchy. But yeah, outdates are really nice. Like we get a lot of requests for the girlfriend experience. Like we have a really healthy environment to just kind of be normal girls in, even though we are prostitutes technically. And we're in the sex trade, but we are more of like, we're not, you can tell that we're not used up. We're not hardened as much because we're, we're in a healthy environment to, you know, do that kind of thing. And so, yeah, I would say like almost 80% of our party requests are for the girlfriend experience. Lots of taking your time being sensual, lots of kissing. And um, we also definitely accommodate fantasies and BDSM, any kind of uh, fetish. Like, we have a lot of sex toys on tap, so pretty much we're qualified to do a lot of stuff. It's just, I would say most of our parties are girlfriend experience. At least that's been, like, my thing. Do you guys have any, like, male-female, female-female, or, or single ladies coming in for experiences? Yeah, that definitely is a demographic that comes to enjoy the services we offer. I mean, if I'm going to be realistic, I would say that most of clientele that I've experienced is you know like single men I would imagine like but there are the couples that come in here I mean actually couples come in quite a bit but it's usually like a male female kind of a deal I've seen female female before and it's definitely welcome if you think about it like from a couple's perspective is especially that they've been married for like eight years and up you know they they want 
to uh, try to spice up their bedroom life and they want to learn, you know, they want to improve in that regard. And they want like maybe to do a little bit of swinging, but they want it to be in a non-biased, you know, professional safe environment, which is what we offer. You're not going to get any kind of health compromised, you know, if a, if a couple decides to invest in our services here and you know that the girl isn't going to try to, you know, take, take one partner away from the other. Like, like blackmail or whatever. Yeah. yeah. No. And you know, so like if I was married to a man for many years, I would be a little bit territorial. You know, I wouldn't want just any woman, you know, sleeping with us. I would want somebody who is professional about it and they do this for a living and they're also tested. You know, like those are oh, of main course. selling points, I would imagine. Do you, do you guys do like special parties like Halloween, Christmas, Thanksgiving, that kind of thing? You know what? There's been history of orgies happening like on Christmas. Like, <laughs> but we do we do also like holiday themed parties like with the staff and the girls just like to enjoy the festivities. But also, yeah, a lot of people come in the holidays wanting to do something like for the occasion, obviously. And I'm sure there's all different kinds of role play. Um, I've heard some really interesting stories of, <laughs> of turkey basting, you know, in, in an <laughs> kind of way. So yeah, definitely. I mean, people get really creative. And uh, like I mentioned before, I would say most, most people request a girlfriend experience. However, it definitely doesn't have to be that way. There's always going to be that small niche that have those very specific fetishes. Mm. It, just, we have a very sex positive environment in general. So, you know, we, we've pretty much done it all. So yeah, I would definitely say like, if you have a specific request for that kind of thing, you could make it happen. Like there's sexy Santa Claus lingerie all day during the holidays that you can enjoy here. Do you guys have paid or unpaid vacation? Uh, do you guys like go off to like, I mean, how does that work? Do you go home sometimes for the, all right, I guess, do you do uh, go elsewhere for, for the holidays occasionally? Um, so we are considered independent contractors. We mm. have to sign a contract and everything. So we, like, essentially I am managing my own small business. Like there's certain perks that it just, it works. Like that's the best way to do it for a working girl to be an independent contractor, to be able to do it legally and whatnot, you know, have a license and the testing and all that. We don't have any paid vacations, you know, nothing like that because pretty much, yeah, we're, we're independents. So <laughs> I guess that answers so it right there. Do you kind of, you kind of just set your own availability then basically? Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, like you want to work with the shift manager about your hours because every we are a team essentially. But for the most part, we are in control of our hours. We can suggest, you know, like, hey, this is going to work better for my body. You know, some people like staying up late. You know, that's what they're night birds. But I am more of an early person. So, it, yeah. And you can also choose like if you're working full time, usually girls will get like two days off a week, you know, and they're, and they're doing 12 hour shifts. So it is very long. Mm-hmm. but it's like it's it's definitely worth it to be here for that long because you can also work on your computer when nothing's going on but when it's busy it's busy and that's amazing because you know you're profiting yeah i mean so, so i'm assuming then you basically just like you know you have your own like uh dental and insurance and all that kind of 401k you're just managing your own uh as you said you're just managing your very own business yeah so we have to pay for all of that ourselves, but it is all one big tax write-off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like you have to manage it in a very specific way. You can't sleep on it. You know, you got to know what's going on. You got to understand how you're going to like. We have to pay taxes at the end of the year, 
So that's a little bit different than somebody who gets paid hourly, of course. Um, so girls have to be mindful of that. If you're making a lot of money, then you have to put money back for that. It's good to pay taxes quarterly, stuff like that. So no, no insurance benefits or anything like that. But like people are making enough money where, you know, it's it, it works. I got a brand new skillet. I've got a brand new lid. All I need is a woman. Says to burn my bread. Then I'm telling you, baby. I sure ain't gonna night. Let me put my banana in your fruit basket, then I'll be satisfied. Now I got the white gold, my baby got the tub. We gon' put them together, gonna rub, rub, rub. Then I'm telling you, baby, I sure ain't gonna night. Let me put my banana in your fruit basket, then I'll be satisfied. Mm -hmm. Let my banana spoil now. Mm -hmm. Let my banana spoil now. I can see the way you can on. Do, do they have like a is there like a staff physician there or do you do you go off off site to go see the doctor for you know regular std testing or, or just plain old checkups ah this is um this is a great question usually like when i'm first meeting somebody and i'm giving them a tour of the brothel like i'll always talk about the doctor's visit we have our own doctor's room in-house dennis has it set up where there's um a gynecologist that has his own office about an hour away from Mount House where we work. And they come by every Wednesday. Um, for the Love Ranch, the doctors come in-house at 1 p.m. They set up, you know, and then the girls all line up in the hallway and we just do a quick little swab. Um, so, yeah, once a week we do regular just swabs and then every four weeks we do blood tests. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so we are tested very very consistently and it's convenient there are some smaller houses you know not owned by dennis of course that they, the girls do have to go like an hour out to the doctor and they have to wait there but it's just it's a really convenient setup what we have here and um say if a girl is if a girl is traveling here for the first time and she missed wednesday then obviously she's going to have to go out you know the driver will probably take her to our doctor's office but you can doctor in-house, and that makes all the difference just because it's set up right there. Is that a legal uh, requirement in Nevada, or is it just something that you're doing to, you know, keep the quality and the and the risk down? No, it, it is mandatory. The state um, regulates all of that. So how it works is once the girls are tested, then they have to send the cleared results to the sheriff's office. And you know, the, so the sheriff gets our letterhead, and if and if any girl, you know, for some terrible reason isn't clear, then they are not allowed to work. They got to go. You know, so it's it's definitely a mandatory part. And I mean, that's the only way it should be legal. You know. Yeah. Otherwise, it's you know, it's absolutely dangerous. But I, I'm just thinking that you guys are probably more safe than <laughs> many monogamous couples out there. Yeah, it's, it is very, they're very on it. 
you know, to make sure. Cause yeah, we've never had any history of any kind of like outbreaks. My health has never been compromised from this. So that's one reason why I was like, okay, if I'm going to go and be a sex worker, it needs to be here. Cause you think we are making certain sacrifices, you know, like an escort, she can just, you know, keep all of her earnings, but in the house, you know, we split it 50, 50. And I think that's totally worth it. Have the benefits that I do, the perks, knowing that I'm safe every week. Um, so it's definitely investment, but yeah, that's, that's the only way that it should be legalized, but it's a system and it works very well. Yeah. I mean, it seems to, I mean, it seems to be very good. If you're going to do it, then, then do it that way. So uh, the conversation's kind of gotten a little clinical, but I think that, you know, <laughs> listeners would probably be a little interested in this. I know I am because, you know, you always see, you always see the obvious stuff on the TV shows or you read about the obvious stuff. You don't really know how the, how things work in the background, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, okay. So let's say I want to go and get your services. So I, I come, I mean, do I call ahead and set up an appointment? Is that, I guess that's the first step, right? Yes. Yeah. Appointments with deposits are highly encouraged just because, you know, there's a lot of different businesses where you have to put a security deposit to, you know, kind of keep your slot. And since I am giving up my body, you know, I figure that's pretty reasonable. Because <laughs> then it shows, <laughs> sorry to put it so bluntly, but it shows that like if, if somebody's willing to commit, then, you know, and, and sometimes we get like really weird messages where the guy will just, you know, try to stiff you or whatever. So we, we have a system calling. You don't have to make a deposit, but it is highly recommended just out of respect. And you can put that towards your party budget. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's, it is totally refundable. So yeah, it's, it's pretty legitimate. Um, but definitely setting, at least setting up an appointment is highly recommended. Some guys like to come in here very spontaneously and um, choose then. But if you feel like you're more comfortable with building some kind of connection with the girl that you're wanting to see and set up an appointment, then do it that way. I mean, there's different ways to do it, but the appointments are really important because if you want a specific girl available for you and she wants to get pretty, do her hair, do her makeup, she wants to take herself off the floor because usually we don't see more than one person per day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it just, it works. If you can secure that appointment, it's just going to be better planning. But you know, some people don't want to plan their sex encounters and that's perfectly fine. Yeah. I mean, uh, I can see it going both ways. Uh, and uh, I mean, I mean, okay, so let's, let's go back to the scenario. So I call and make an appointment. I put down a deposit with my visa or something. So then I, I arrive at the allocated day. I mean, is it like going to a restaurant? Like, is there a press a price list or, or a menu or something? Do you get handed a card? Like, how do you how do you decide what it is that you you want to do? I mean, do some people decide this in advance and let you know, or is this something that's negotiated in the room? Yeah. So I get a lot of emails asking about my rates, and I am selling a very subjective experience. So some people like. Usually somebody's asking me like, well, I don't know what to bring. It's totally, it's totally a reasonable feeling to not know, you know, how much this service is going to cost, but everything is negotiated up front. Some people might have more disposable income than others. So really uh, the best advice that I can give to somebody who's asking about that is like, you know, kind of come with, with a figure that you're comfortable with spending. You know, if you can be generous, then you're going to obviously get more time, more activities. Um, but we, we work with all budgets. It's just, you know, the, the sex trade is going to be expensive either way. You got to think about what you're getting. Oh, yeah. But 
everything is negotiated in private. So I don't discuss rates over the, you know, over email or any kind of private messages over the phone. So when somebody, you know, somebody could throw a ballpark figure at me, but, you know, I, I shouldn't respond to that because technically it is illegal. You know, that's uh, part of Nevada's state rules about how they regulate the legal prostitution is that prices should not be discussed over state lines. You know, mm. technically. Okay. So it, it is a little bit complicated, but most of our clientele that are coming in here, like it, you know, like money really isn't a factor, if that makes sense. Like there's some locals, you know, that only have so much to spare and, you know, but they come back pretty consistently. So it's, it's very subjective. When somebody asks me um, what my rates are, it's really hard for me to answer that because I don't know their financial situation. I don't know how much they can go, you know, how much they can put on the table. So I really like my customers to start the negotiation at a figure that they've already thought about beforehand, if that makes any sense. I guess also if they're repeat customers, then like, uh, you know, you could factor that in as well, right? Yeah, you don't even like have to uh, negotiate. Like the, the first time that you see somebody is really the only time that you have to negotiate what they can do for each other. Um, most of my, I would say like, 90% of my business almost is from repeats and regulars. So I actually don't do a lot of negotiating at all. We have a set agreement. We go to the booking window. We take care of it. You know, really quick and painless. Not a big deal kind of thing. When you say the booking window, is this an actual physical window? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so usually... Uh, houses have some kind of like little, you can step up and there's like a little window or a little, you know, like two-way door and the, uh, and the cashier's office will be accessible through whatever window or, you know, door. And um, then the cashier handles a transaction. You know, that's where we have all of our equipment. We keep all of our booking info. That, that's what I meant. It could be like a booking cage or whatever you mm -hmm. want to call it, really. It's like the uh, the payments office at a hospital or something like that, then basically what you're getting at. Yes. I mean, that sounds a little better to me because, uh, I mean, I think it would be odd if I just walked in there and there was like a board like McDonald's or something with all the various prices. And I'm like, hmm, I think I'll take a, a combo. So obviously it's yeah. not like that at all. <laughs> no, it's, um, it's pretty low key. It's pretty private. But, you know, it. I think that when you're discussing like sex for money, it's better in private. You know, you don't want to just act like it's completely impersonal. Like you want to kind of like personalize that. So it's more comfortable and it's an organic feeling. It's not right. just, you know, throw the money down on the table in and out, you know, it can be a lot more than that. Hold adventure if you want it to be. Yeah. I mean, like people get, as you say, repeat, uh, repeat visitors, obviously there's a, there's a relationship that's formed at, at some level yeah. with you. It's not, and, and, and to, to have it any other way, you know, to have it where the person just says, okay, uh, I'll take this for nineteen ninety nine and I'll take this for a dollar ninety nine on the side. It, that, that would be, to me, at least that would be incredibly dehumanizing for, for, for some things, but not when you're selling yourself, you know, listen, yeah, folks, I'm going to sing a little song, but you mustn't get mad. I don't mean no wrong. She tumbles in bed, oh, it's tight like that. Oh, it's tight like that. Hear me talking to you. I mean, it's tight like that. Do you have any favorite comedians or artists or 
or you know music artists music what what are you into that way do you have any favorites or are you just basically all over um i don't really follow a lot of comedy like at like i do like watching old george carlin uh clips on youtube mm-hmm. and things like that like richard Pryor is pretty funny but i have like a very vintagey so I like a lot of like classic rock and you know like very hippie music and stuff like that. You know, like lots of grunge, like you know um, Led Zeppelin and Alice in Chains are like two of my favorite bands. But as far as like TV or just pop culture in general, or like movies or comedians, I don't really follow that stuff. Like it just it doesn't really hold my interest. So like I don't know. Like I more am just interested in like gaming culture stuff and like art and things like that. So, and, and when you say gaming culture, and this is where, like, I, I can't remember the name of the, of the service, but there's a service you can, you can get where, like, you can play the game and then other people can watch you play oh. the game. You know what? Instead of comedians, I don't even know why I didn't think of it. I watch a lot of Twitch. That is Twitch TV, I guess you're talking about. Right. People, and, like, some are very established streamers. And, um, but I watch more often I watch YouTube. Like I don't even have cable at home. I just watch YouTube. So I would actually, I kind of aspire to be like a content creator on YouTube one day. I actually just got a really nice gaming setup that could allow me to make videos and things like that. But I watch, I watch a lot of different gaming channels, like uh, game theory is a good one. And also there's this, uh, team called normal boots and, you know, they have, like John Tron and Peanut Butter Gamer. I'm trying to think, like, I watched so many different people. Also, the Angry Video Game Nerd was, like, pretty <laughs> much who, like, pioneered all of the gaming stuff on YouTube. So, and also, uh, Let's Plays are a lot of fun. Like, you know, Markiplier, PewDiePie will do a lot of Let's Plays, and they'll react, you know, to horror games or whatever. But there, there are so many things that I'm subscribed to. And also, I listen to, like, a, a different style of youtube video where they're kind of like talking about politics like it's almost like ranting a little bit but it's all like very honest kind of stuff so there's a channel called alpha omega sin that's really cool like he covers gaming content and things like that what are your projects i mean do you have any projects lined up right now or or are you just basically focusing on the present with what you're doing here no i i actually like working on projects like me and the other girls at the house are all working on like a group activity for like Christmas time and things like that. So we actually have been getting together and doing workshops about marketing and sales and things like that, just to be more effective as a team together. And um, also I'm working on designing business cards, my own website, and also printing up some of my um, professional like modeling pictures to put in my room so i have like different goals that i'm always working towards i have my little notebook and i'm always writing things down to do but uh those are the current things that i need to get done i have a few questions that i often ask people uh, towards the end of the interviews like what one of them is um i mean if you could change anything people think about sex workers uh like yourself i mean what would that be i mean what would you like to tell people who maybe don't understand about yourself and your profession yeah, that's a that's a nice thing to touch on, trying to clear up the common misconceptions. I mean, like, I can't speak for everyone, but there are a lot of times where I feel like, you know, like, guys tell me, you're so young and pretty, you shouldn't be here. And it's like, well, it's really not that bad of an environment. I've actually, you know, lost weight. I've gained financial security. I have gained confidence. I've gained people skills. 
So it's like, I, I wish that people would sometimes realize that we're not all just like use up, you know, like street sex worker kind of a stereotype because it's not that way at all. Like I'm just a normal, nice girl, you know, and I just decided to become a legal prostitute. So yeah, it's this environment specifically in the brothels is a healthy way to flourish for some women my age. So throughout your entire journey uh, from uh, before being a sex worker to right now, um, do you have any insights or lessons you might have learned that you can think of? Well, um, if you're talking about like sexuality in general, I mean, like I said, I, I was experimental with boys, but <laughs> I didn't start learning about like what really makes me happy until I came here. Like as far as like even how knowing how to use a sex toy, like I didn't even own any kind of like dildo or vibrator until I came here. And that, that's just wonderful. Be comfortable with that kind of thing. What I'm trying to say is that I have learned a lot about my own sexuality. One really good example is that I've learned how to be more verbal in the um, bedroom. So, right. for instance, some people, they don't feel comfortable with communicating themselves. And I used to be that way. I used to, like, not even want to call my boyfriend, you know, like, you know, hey, baby, I wouldn't even want to, like, say that. Like, because I would be like, that's weird. Or I wouldn't want to, you know, like, dirty talk in the bedroom. You know, I felt like I didn't know how. And I've definitely improved on my communication skills. And I feel like that's so important, especially if you're having, like, sex with, uh, or at, if you're having sex at an accelerated rate with somebody that you just met, realistically, you want to communicate yourself. And so I've, I've definitely gotten better at that. Has your picture of humanity and people changed any for better or for worse after having worked at this field for what, going on two years now almost? Hmm. Do you see uh, life any differently, I guess? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. I feel like a completely different person now because I came into this 19, very naive. Okay. I'm still a little bit naive, but I'm definitely like people tell me all the time, God, you seem so much older than you actually are. Um, so I just, I've had a lot of accelerated learning here, a lot of growth, because I talk to new people every day. So I have, I have seen the good and bad parts of humanity. I've met some, some interesting characters, and you, you learn what to watch out for. The sex industry, like, it's made up to be really glamorous, and actually some parts of it are, but you, you, never, you never know somebody. Like, we, we have so many people coming in and out of this all the time, right? So you just, you have to be aware of like what could go wrong. But for the most part, I've had a lot of good experiences here. I've met a lot of awesome people that I wouldn't have been able to meet out in the regular world. I would think so that you would meet a lot of people who are not, I guess, tied down and, you know, subject to uh, unthought out social norms, right? Things that like, they're just doing things a certain way and they haven't actually examined why it is they're they're repressing themselves here or there, for instance. Yeah, that's really common. I mean, that could have very easily been me, you know, just living a, <laughs> a everyday average life. I mean, that works for some people, but I, I like, like I said, I like the absurdity factor. You know, I keep myself safe and all that. I don't put myself in danger, but I like knowing that something interesting is going to happen today and I don't know what. And definitely people in brothels provide that consistently. <laughs> so, um, Roxanne, I, I think that's about it. Uh, thanks so, so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me again. I appreciate it. Uh, 
Well, that's it for this episode. I'd like to thank Roxanne for being on the podcast. Remember, you can listen to previous episodes over at ShareSlicePodcast.com. The songs used in this episode are Wasted by Chromatics Music, Anybody Here Want to Try My Cabbage by Maggie Jones, 1925, Press My Button, Ring My Bell by Little Johnson, 1936, My Girl's Pussy by Harry Roy and His Orchestra, 1931, Banana in Your Fruit Basket by Bo Carter, 1931, It's Tight Like That by Clara Smith, 1929, and Old Habits by Chromatics Music. Um, All of these titles are used with permission except for My Girl's Pussy, which is understood to be in the public domain. A link to the song on archive.org will be provided in the show notes. You can catch up with Roxanne on Twitter at at Roxanne Price GFE. The brothel itself is at at Love Ranch North. Of course, these are not work safe. You'll find links to these and more at the podcast website, shareaslicepodcast.com. So friends, do you know what you can do for me to help out, which will be absolutely free to you? Just go on to iTunes and leave a review for the podcast or just rate it with five stars. It'll help a lot. This is the last episode of 2016 as well. It's been a real blast making this podcast. And uh, thanks so much for listening. And I hope to see you in the new year.